A Night with the United Nations, brought to you by Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Calvin. Hello. And James. Hello. Uh, our Better Buddies icebreaker this week might be the best news headline I have seen in the last 365 days. <laughs> what? Doubt. So what is your opinion on the news that Terry Boot has replaced Peter Foote as the Shoe Zone Finance Director? Um... I have to say, like, this isn't a very original comment, but I, I definitely thought this was, like, a, a satirical article that they were just running for, like, shits and giggles. But I, I did at least five minutes worth of Google searching, and these are real people in a real company. So I was like, all right. Uh, <laughs> That's why I included pretty, the link. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I think feel like no, boot go ahead. is a downgrade because it's more of a specific shoe, whereas foot is all around. It can wear any shoe. Ooh. Yeah, foot is like all purpose. I I just like the idea that uh, like the the board has limited their um, like selection criteria for like CEOs <laughs> to just be foot based uh, last name puns. Um, well, that was the problem. Was I think that was the problem was they had to figure out who's going to be the new finance director and. Bill Sneaker just was not a strong enough name to carry on the title. No, it's really, yeah, it's really not. Um, yeah. it, does Sneaker mean something different in Britain? I don't know. I don't know. I know, I know Fanny means something different. Well, there's uh, a lot of words that mean a lot different. In- yeah, <laughs> they're, they're weird and uh, like weirdly kinky over there, too. Yeah, like, don't, don't ask for a napkin if you're at a restaurant. Yeah, that's a uh, tampon, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fanny's vagina, so don't wear a fanny pack. I mean, unless you really want to. Isn't that Australian? Isn't that more Australian? Oh, that- I mean, I've Australians heard- are just British I've- that are down south. Australians <laughs> were British that were too British for Britain. They got fucking kicked <laughs> out. Um, I actually, I, I know this is a tangent, uh, but as long as we're breaking the ice, I, I was thinking recently, like, I honestly think the country that America shares the most spiritual connection with, like, heart, body, soul, whatever, is Australia. I I think, like, we're yeah. basically, like, cousins. Um, like, I feel like we're closer to them in culture than we are to Britain. And I, mean, I would stand by that. I think it helps well, we're that... we're both outcasts from yeah. Great Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. British outcasts that have a lot of nature in their backyard. Yes. Yeah, very big. Also, like, um, both have a reputation uh like globally or internationally for kind of being like weirdly educated hicks to some capacity like i mean like yeah. like to some capacity maybe not educated but like international like they're like the the australians and uh americans are kind of like the rednecks of of the world i mean that's like that's how i see us at least to some capacity i guess um, I don't know who else would be the rednecks of the world. The Vietnamese, maybe. Not, <laughs> not no too idea. far off with that one. No. We'd have to ask China, but uh, I don't speak uh, motherfucking commie, so I wouldn't know how to talk to them. My blood bleeds Just, blue. 
just because ju- <laughs> I ain't no not, red. They're not fucking communists. They're like, dude, they're beating us in every every part of the capitalist game. Good job, China. I salute you. I mean, yeah, right really. up until we start shutting down their tech companies because we're restricting access to like all shutting raw material. Down. Yeah, and then they'll just retaliate by like never giving us our our uh, Prozac or whatever the fuck pills that they make for us over here. <laughs> We'll all get even more depressed and manic, and they'll just laugh. But it'll be fine because they won't get like I don't know what shit do we make for them? Uh, like, money, yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, oh fuck, I guess we really needed that. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> who knew a capitalist society had one on money? Quick, do a system reboot. We're going back to communism, 1984. Quick, everybody. Uh, Oof, I. I, I want to see... What do you want to see, James? I don't know. I was going to say I want to see like members of the Chinese Politburo doing doing racist impersonations of American politicians, but I don't even know what that would look like because I'm sure that those old farts fucking do it. Like I know, I know our old farts up on good old Capitol Hill probably do like old joking racist impersonations of other like world leaders or at least offensive ones, if not racist. I know that they have to. I if they see don't, what... I'd be more disappointed. Yeah, I want to see what Xi Jinping's uh, impersonation or impression of Joe Biden is like. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. I think we should have a UN uh, annual talent show where all <laughs> the world you were leaders say an annual improv session. Or that, or yeah, like where all the world leaders have to, it's like a Cub Scout or Boy Scout camp where you all have to do skits. And that's how we're going to foster international uh, uh, communication and coordination is they're all going to have to come up and do skits together. That would be so good. Um, Would the delegates from the United States, Russia, and China please take the floor with their skit? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this in this body. (laughs) They're going to be doing a rendition of Monty Python's uh, Ministry of Silly Walks skit. Xi Jinping <laughs> up first. <laughs> uh, I have no fucking idea. I don't know. I, I don't even... I would love to see that. I, I want people of the world, especially our world leaders, to just admit that they're like... I don't think they're necessarily stupider than the rest of us because they, they got to... They didn't get their position by intelligence. They're definitely hanging on to it by some kind. Well, we all know sense. they're stupid. We, we all know they're stupider than the rest of us because nobody in their right mind would want those jobs. Yeah, so it's like at the very least, if they could like cut the bullshit and just acknowledge the absurdity of their position by doing a little skit for the people of the world every year, just I would be very, fun. very entertained. Yeah, yeah. Let's all have some fun. There's no reason we're all stuck on this fucking rock together. There's no reason why I can't make each other laugh. Now I'm that's a politician I could do improv with. There we go. Oh yeah, it's the new beer. <laughs> yeah, like beer commercials with world leaders, it's like Angela Merkel and Xi Jinping hanging out at a at like a pool together for a uh, Corona. Commercial. I was thinking more of that like the, how they measure politicians. Like I don't know, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna vote for him. I, I don't think I could have a beer with him. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna vote for for that politician. I don't think I could do improv with him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like he'd be very good at yes ending. Seems kind of stiff, honestly. Um, oh yeah, I, I I apologize for the tangent, but it I, I would just like to paint my canvas. No, that was a good tangent. 
That was Thank a good you, tangent, I, James. Don't apologize. I wish I could do impressions, but I know that several of my impressions would dip into incredibly offensive. And pretty sure most of your that. impressions, we just shut the show down and quit. Yeah, yeah. that's also fair. The the FCC, who's been staking my house out for at least twelve months, is uh, <laughs> would that be my final strike out of however many they gave me? All three hundred of them. Yeah, they 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 crash through my windows and throw me in the back of some kind of like truck disguised as like a laundry van or whatever. I'd be taken to some like secret Fox NBC joint headquarters, forced to write news copy for thirty years <laughs> for Brian Stelter and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> oh goddamn! Prisoner two four six zero one. <laughs> I had to write Tucker's monologue and Brian Stelter's 20th, 20th co- coronavirus anniversary special. I want to kill myself. Oh, but they God. won't let me. The ratings are too good. No, just kidding. But yeah. Oh, let's move on to our next segment. Yeah. Better Buddies recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Uh,. I'm going to go first this week just because I want to get mine out of the way because it's a, it's a good recommendation, but it's not these like I've watched like five episodes of it. Uh, Star Trek The uh, Next Generation. Yeah, really? Yeah. I have seen maybe an episode of that show. Dive in, sir. Tell, tell me what you think. Well, I, I've always been more Star Wars than Star Trek, but mm-hmm. of the Star Trek I've seen, I've seen a few episodes of the original Star Trek. I've seen a few more than a few episodes of Next Generation, and I watched the uh, one of the Abrams Star Trek movies. I think it was the second one. And I've always just, like, the cast and characterizations they had for Next Generation were just great. Picard, Riker, Data, uh, LaForge, like, yeah... Those are the only ones I know, but... Yeah, yeah. They were good, and it was, like, engaging, and Data had the, like, robot trying to be more human, and Riker was just the... Riker was a classic, like, space hero dude whose actor had a messed up leg, so he couldn't sit in chairs normally. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have you noticed that yet, he steps over the back... It's because of his back. He had a bad back. Mm. He steps over the back of all the chairs. He couldn't, like bend over repeatedly to sit in chairs during takes. So he just had this like unique way of sitting down. Interesting. Well, Once you see it, you can never not see it. I, uh, there's a few guys on YouTube. I watch who are like really big, uh, Star Trek fans. Um, and I, from one thing I've gleaned from their reviews and tell me, I mean, you've seen five episodes, so it's, that's not a widespread, but it's a, it's a decent little dosage. Um, like, I like that sci-fi that is um, episodic where it's like we have a a high concept issue to solve um, every episode and we're going to solve it and then we're going to go on to like our next adventure where it seems like a lot of shows nowadays especially are very much like every episode has to be a chapter in a larger story and there is no really like self-contained kind of like sci-fi odyssey adventure problem solving stuff. So how does that my jury-rigged analysis hold up to your current experience of watching the show? Um, I would say... 
Yes. The next generation, I think, is unique in that... not Maybe not unique. Unique is a strong word. The next generation falls in that category of it's episodic, but seeds an overall narrative. Um, so, like, I was doing some wiki reading because I missed a line in an episode and wanted to, like, go ch- learn what it, they were talking about. And in, like, episode two or three, this character called the Traveler is there and, like, winds up stranding them in a dimension where thought controls everything and you can create things just by thinking about it and the traveler like needs everyone to like think about helping him feel good and feel better because he was feeling ill so that he has enough strength to get them home but av- like just beforehand he tell he the traveler pulls the card aside and says uh the boy wesley has this great potential but don't tell him he needs to like it needs to grow on its own. He can't be aware of it. Which then feeds into stuff that happens later in the series of, like, Wesley kind of growing up. Because Will Wheaton grew up with the, sh- with the series a little bit. Because of when he started. Um, and, like, later goes off with... Spoiler alert for an old TV show. The Traveler doesn't die. He comes back later. And so, like, Will Wheaton's character eventually goes and, like, is the apprentice to the Traveler for a while. So, like, it's very it's very episodic, but it does have little bits of overarching narrative. Uh, I was wondering, Cal, you're from, you're kind of familiar with the show. A little bit. I've seen that? here uh, episodes here and there. Not many. Okay. People hate uh, Wesley. <laughs> Wasn't he, like, a <laughs> favorite? Just, like, absolutely just despise, like... I think he was, if... I don't know, though. Um, if, as I understand... That Wesley was despised partly because, you know, hey, it's the plucky kid that the yeah. previous show didn't have. But it didn't help that in literally the first episode, uh, Picard pulls Riker aside and says, Alright, I'm running a ship exploring the edges of known space. We're basically a colony ship because we're massive and have, like, families and people on board, and I've never run a ship with children. I don't like children. Downright hate them. Your job as my second-in-command is to make sure I come off as slightly personable. (laughs) That's pretty funny. So, like, it primed the audience to go, Wesley, bad. Yeah, because wasn't he usually played as kind of, like, comically inept to an almost, like, grating extend i the way the tones i hear about wesley crusher spoken uh about or in remind me very much of the tones that jar jar binks name is whispered in the halls of dark internet forums yeah. like not not wesley's competent though like he okay. he's technologically gifted and genius it's just that he's also a kid and is played okay. as a pretty realistic kid of like hey uh, the crew gets infected with this airborne, like, waterborne toxin thing that turns the water in their body into alcohol. So they're drunk and eventually die. Because mm-hmm. all the water in their body is turning into alcohol. And the kid who developed a voice modulator <laughs> stealing voice phrases from recordings of the captain, is who's drunk, is gonna use it to make himself the captain over the PA system. I can see where people would get annoyed with those kinds of like antics, um, but I could also see where that kind of performance uh, played to certain audiences and people. Yeah, but yeah, next generation—that's my recommendation. 
I have a signed photo from Jonathan Frakes. Nice. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. That's awesome. Where'd you get that? My grandma met him. What? She know you watched Star Trek or did she know him from something else? I don't remember the story, but my grandma met him and got a signed photo. And then she gave it to me here. That's awesome. It is awesome. So who would like to go next? James would. (laughs) (laughs) I've been volunteered. I'll go. Um, here we go. Uh, this is possibly going to be one of my most emphatic recommendations that I've ever done for this show. So just, uh, motherfucking strap in. Um, we're not going to be shouting or anything, but I, I do care a lot about this. Um, if you don't shout, you're off the show. My Well, that's all right. At least I'll get this piece out. My recommendation is, um, Apocalypse Now. Everyone, and I mean everyone and their mother, should see this movie several times over. Um, I saw this movie for the first time a very long time ago when I was probably like 17 or 18. Like I watched it with um, my dad. And when I watched it initially, I was like, okay, it's just like another Vietnam movie. Like, yeah, he's in the jungle. And yeah, it sucks. And there's Napalm and Robert Duvall is a cowboy, I guess. And blah, blah, blah. Um, Then I... Kind of started to get back into it like a few weeks ago. I, I watched. Um, it makes me cringe to say it. I was watching a few like video essays on Apocalypse Now, and it got me thinking about the movie. And I was like, interesting. Um, I should go back and rewatch this movie, and I did. And I think it's literally one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, this is not like a new lauding. Like a lot of people. Uh, who are like quote unquote cinematically literate are like will praise Apocalypse Now as like one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, so much so that it's become like very hackneyed and kind of a trope, um, kind of like a film bro type thing. But I will defend this movie. Um, I would honestly say that like it is a, an artistic achievement that is as fundamental and arguably as like groundbreaking as uh like paradise lost um john milton's like epic poem from like 300 400 years ago i think like apocalypse now from the movies i've seen is basically cinema's like version of an epic poem keep in mind like still a lot of really great movies i need to see so (laughs) this opinion could modulate in some capacity like over time as i watch more but I've never seen a movie that works on so many levels. Um, I've never seen a movie that like tackles the themes in the way it does. Um, that is so like engrossing and yet so clear. Um, it is it is a wonderful film, and it is one of the hardest ones like I've ever had to watch. And I'm gonna I'm writing like an essay on it, so I'm I'm rewatching it a lot. Um, but I really think like Apocalypse Now it's it's a it's a must you gotta gotta see that movie i'm not a huge fan of quote-unquote technology but i will keep technology alive if it means more people get to see apocalypse now that's my uh, um but yeah you really think it'll hold for the next 300 years i honestly do um I, I think the themes in it are much like other like great works of art are um, to borrow a kind of tired phrase universal. I think it because the, the film itself is a, a like it's well known. So you would call it's it a, a universal picture. 
I would maybe call it a Universal picture, even though it was, I don't think it was made by Universal. I don't know the movie studio to refute that claim, but I promise you I will find it. Um, uh, no, but I would, I would definitely say um, uh, it, it, it embodies some pretty universal themes. It's a, it's a rough um, retelling slash adaptation of the Joseph Conrad book, um, Heart of Darkness. Uh, which I also, I just read like a couple days ago, like I powered through that. Um, it's very good. It's it's a good book. Um, the movie is very similar to it, obviously. It's also very different. Um, quick synopsis for anyone who doesn't know. Of what? Apocalypse Now. Of Apocalypse Now. Just checking. It's like, yeah, yeah. No, Apocalypse Now is basically just the story of a an army like corporal or captain who is like a, he's like a, He's a spook. He's a he's a CIA operative, basically, and he's sent up the up uh, the Nung River in Vietnam to go and kill a a colonel um, who has essentially gone AWOL and he's gone insane and he has essentially raised an army of like uh, of like natives. Um, and this this colonel it was like one of the premier choices, like out of West Point, like he was being groomed for a position as like a four or five star, whatever general Um, he was even being considered for like a position on the joint chiefs of staff. And then one day he just cuts and runs and starts living in like the, the jungle in Cambodia and the army gets really freaked out because they're like, this guy could literally really fuck things up. uh, If this gets out that we let this guy like not only go crazy, but get loose. So they send in this captain to go and, um, kill uh the colonel and uh the journey that he goes on is very like quite and i mean this like both literally and kind of allegorically it is like odyssey like it is like a journey into like hell it's like a greek myth it's all these different flavors of different stories packaged in the smoky uh tripped out like 60s version of vietnam um it's great and uh be sure to sit on top of your helmet so you don't get your balls blown off. Make sure you to sit on the top of your helmet. If you take one lesson away from this recommendation, if you're ever on a chopper, sit on your helmet so you don't get your balls blown off. Um, okay. Yeah. It's my recommendation. That's Quite uh, the please Watch Apocalypse Now. Please do. Uh, that's that's. I, I know in two years I'm going to come back and cringe when I listen to this. Uh, no, you, won't. Fashion, you said it lasts for 300 years. Will last for 300 years by Jove. <laughs> <laughs> and Endgame will still be relevant in 100. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it definitely will. For different reasons, but absolutely, I agree. Yes. <clears throat> Calvin, what about you? Uh... I'd have to go with. Um, I just rewatched uh, Dances with Wolves the other day. It's a great Saw film. That. Is that on YouTube? Yeah, on, uh, they edited it on Netflix. Yeah. So I, I have you. Has either of you seen it? Yes. I haven't. I on swear Netflix. it's available on YouTube though. I keep getting recommended it. It's on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Kevin Costner film from like 1990. It's really good <laughs> about a uh, guy in the Civil War who. Is like I don't want to. He's like injured, and he's like the surgeons are like, yeah, gonna have to cut off his leg. Eh, he'll be fine here on the table. Let's go get some coffee. And uh, <laughs> Kevin Costner is obviously not knocked out for this because it's the Civil War. They don't have anesthesia, and so yeah. he kind of gets up and he's like, 
I don't want to lose my leg, struggles and his boot on, walks up to the line. The two side two armies are like entrenched against each other, and is just like I'm gonna I'm just gonna yeah, just grabs a horse and charges the Confederate line. And uh ends up winning the battle for the Union Army while trying to kill himself and survives. Oops. And <laughs> So he's given whatever he he's given a promotion and his choice of assignment, and he's like, I choose the most remote outpost down the way out in the frontier, because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he's just like, I'm done with this. And yeah, it's about him going to this like absolutely remote outpost. There's nobody out there. It's like not even outpost. It's just like a hut in the middle yeah. of the prairie. And yeah, he it's about him encountering like different native tribes and dealing with life out there and finding himself and purpose and things happen. And it's great. It's a really great film. The, I love the visuals. I love the setting, like the frontier West. It's great. Yeah. I think that sounds like a really interesting idea, particularly it's like in the first, I don't know what time frame, but like first half of the movie is, or first quarter of the movie is the big battle that happens when he tries to get rid of himself that's the first, like, five minutes. Ten yeah, minutes. even better. And it's, like, a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie, I think. So what would normally be, like, the climax, they've shifted all the way to the front, and they're like, okay, here's the aftermath. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, um, so I guess two questions. Like, what drew you back to watching it, and, like, what did you find, like, upon rewatching it? Uh, uh, so- I don't know. It just kind of popped up on Netflix, and it sounded like... So I don't know. I just wanted to put it on. I needed a movie yeah. or something to watch, and I really like that film. Uh, I don't know that I noticed anything specific this time going through it. I just really like that time period and setting for films. Um, it's kind of western. This is kind of like pre-western because westerns typically take place more in like the 1880s or late, a little yeah. bit later because um, the West is a little more settled at that point and like they have repeating rifles and stuff like that whereas Civil War era you're more still you're like on the cusp of cartridge cartridge like ammo and stuff like that like there it exists but it's not as prevalent um, so yeah it's a little different but it's uh I don't know I really like the setting. It's fun. The cinematography is great. The music's great. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do have, moving on from this, um, from recommendations, before we get into the other stuff, I do have something I want to talk about. By all means. Uh, have you got, these have been, this is like exploded in the last week or so, and I had not heard about them until now that they've kind of exploded. Have you guys heard of an NFT? I feel like I sh- want to say yes, but I'm going with no. James? I, I feel like I know about this. It's a digital uh, thing. It stands uh, for non-fungible token. No. F- non-fungible? I, fungible. I, it's an economic term. So I had never heard of this before. They've been around for, for a couple years now. It looks like t- late 2017 they were create- they were invented. Um, do you guys know what blockchain is? Yes. Okay. Uh, now I know where I heard NFT from. I've seen it in advertisements for like finance apps and stuff being like, we handle NFT. Yes, probably specific ones, but yes. 
Um, so do you guys uh, have a very, do you have any idea? Do you, have you heard blockchain? It's definitely a big the, buzzword that goes around. Know nowadays. the word blockchain. I've heard like varying definitions of it. So I don't have like a, a set one in my head. As so I understand yeah. blockchain, oh, I just want to yeah. give this so you can correct me. Um, yeah. Basically each bit gets stacked into the chain Mm-hmm. And because it's part of the chain, it doesn't get removed. Like it's it's not local, right? Yeah. So like you can't just go in there and pull a piece out. It's part of the chain. You have to take yeah. like entire chunks of the chain. Yeah. So blockchain, um, and I know very little. So whoever's listening to this, sorry for butchering it. But there's a reason there's whole fields now in computer science devoted to blockchain. It's a kind of confusing subject. Um, it has to do with a lot of cryptography, and it's the basis for cryptocurrencies. It's It was created by the same guy that created Bitcoin, and it's what allows Bitcoin to be an actual currency and be unique. And so that cryptocurrencies have a chain, as you were saying, RJ. They have these chains so you can track transactions and timestamps, all this stuff. And, there are, and they will allow cryptocurrencies to exist and so that you can have a digital currency and have an actual, like, these coins and be like, this is my coin and you can assign value to it and only have a limited number and all that stuff. Like Dogecoin. Yes. Um, They're all built off blockchain. So another cryptocurrency is called Ethereum. And Ethereum's blockchain was used to create these things called NFTs. Other cryptocurrencies have now come and started making their own NFTs, but it started with Ethereum. Basically, it uses the same unique aspect to create um a un- like a non-fungible means it's not interchangeable they are not mute um that you cannot just swap something out so it's unique okay. um, you can create any number of them but each one is unique you can't just swap them out and what they're being used for is so that you can basically spy and sell nfts online as a way to sell digital goods and have a proof of ownership so Hmm. these have exploded in especially the digital art world so say i make a drawing and i sell and i sell you rj i sell you the nft for my drawing you are the only one in the world that has the nft technically you're the all i may still uh you I own the drawing as my own, but now you have bought the drawing from me as this NFT. Anybody may be able to copy the image, share the image. The image could go viral and everyone could have it. But technically, RJ is the only one that would like have bought it. And you can prove it with this NFT. So oh, it's basically a way to buy and have proof of digital, uh, digital goods, be it digital art, um the kings of leon have just sold their latest album with a limited number of nfts so you could buy these nfts for these albums and there's a limited number and then you can prove that you're an owner of this nft and they're like i said digital goods and it's fascinating to me okay so i mean yeah this this sounds like it has really great capabilities and potentials and also really like dark ones <laughs> like really potentially i'm like, posting an article in our chat from the verge that does an amazing job of breaking it down very simply so anyone listening and you're in i'm not doing gonna do a great job of explaining it and just google nft 
and there'll be an article from The Verge that pops up and it does a real great job of simplifying it and giving you examples of how to do it. One such example is Neancat sold for like $600,000. Okay, here's here's the thing. I've heard with blockchain, um, one of the one of the applications I heard for it, and please, like, I, I'm not a computer science guy, so I'm probably gonna like stumble fucking through this. But I heard that basically some people were looking at it beyond the applications of cryptocurrency that they were saying you could run entire like networks and basically computer systems off of a blockchain type like I don't know software whatever. Um, that it was essentially yeah, that it was essentially a way to establish a non local um, software or like structure that isn't tethered to a specific console so that's it's a way for a website like even if their servers get shut down they're still on the blockchain can still exist um Um, i don't know i really don't know a lot about blockchain that sounds both possible and like i it doesn't necessarily work that way i again i really don't know i'd have to read the article you're referencing um and someone who understands this stuff much better would be able to give you an answer, but I think that's probably possible. I guess my my question is like, do you think, for just limited knowledge from what you know, could an NFT, that kind of proof of purchase, could that be used by the buyer to shut down distribution of an image? Um, yes and no. Yes, in the same way though. Um, I would say yes, in the same way you already can. In the same way, if I create an mm-hmm. art, if I create art online, and you start taking my art and posting it all over your Instagram and Twitter, I can DMCA you. I can get Instagram and Twitter to shut you down and be like, you stole my art. That's mm-hmm. not yours. In the same, um, so um, one of the examples that I've seen um, used a lot is in the same way of there are a million prints of like uh, a, of like the Mona Lisa. You can buy a $20 poster of a Mona Lisa, but there's mm-hmm. only one mona lisa okay so and that answers this, so apply that to a digital good if i get again it's the same thing imagine i created a digital version of the mona lisa and i sold the nft for that and i and i limited it to one only one person owns that nft technically only one person owns that like official digital thing whereas you could then just copy the picture and distribute it everywhere and everyone would have it. But technically the person that bought it with the NFT would have then the rights to use it in like an Instagram photo or whatever. Cause they like bought it. And that answers my question of why this mattered compared to the current system of copyright and what have you of digital images. Then now it, that makes it make a little more sense. Yeah. Of like but it, rarity yeah. and having the real one. But it doesn't have to be rare. I could mm. I could sell an NFT for my artwork. I could sell ten million of them. Yeah. So it it's they're they're each one would be unique, but I can create a basically endless supply of them. The really frustrating thing is that some people then are abusing their stuff. Uh, I guess not necessarily abusing it, but like I don't know. I guess I'm just biased because I freaking hate Logan Paul. But Logan Paul is making a crap ton of money off of this, basically yeah. selling NFTs for 10 second 
YouTube chunks of a YouTube video of him opening Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, Good dude, grief. that is that. Like, he sold like, he sold a bunch for twenty grand each. I mean, <laughs> and, the, this... and you can watch you can watch that video. You can watch that entire video for oh. free on YouTube. And you can, and all of these posts for these NFTs are posted everywhere on YouTube. So you can watch these videos for free. But no people way. are like, oh my god, I need to spend twenty grand to have the NFT of this. And there's no reason why he can't also just sell it again and again no. and again and again. So you know, I, I the, what bet you're he's, describing yeah. is very similar to the of common practice in comic books, where like they'll have limited edition or signed ones, but it, there'll be like five hundred of them. But they still have plenty of the plain old version. But this one is signed, so it's worth more to you. Really quick with that Logan Paul thing, I think uh, I think the reason he's probably doing that, I mean, other than just to make a shit ton of money, um, is probably because like people are betting on that stuff, right? Like people will bet on the outcome of those. There's a whole like, from what I'm aware, I think there's a whole like subculture of betting and making bet? money. I don't know what betting, you mean betting betting money on what he's gonna pull from like a Pokemon deck or whatever. Like when those videos oh, well, that's premiere, a different that's separate yeah. than the NFT. That's like a whole you know, other issue. That's what I'm saying <laughs> is he's basically like through NFTs, he's selling like like tickets to a, a quick No, because limited. anyone can watch this. You can just you can just watch the video. You don't need the NFT to buy it. But you don't need the NFT to see it? Nope. No. In the same way, I can go look at the Mona Lisa. Right now, I can Google image but, search Mona Lisa, and I can see it. I can look at it. I just don't own it. I don't have the original. Need the NFT to watch the premiere? Nope. No. Which is why I was comparing, try, kind of comparing it to the comic yeah. book version of like, I think I have like two copies of a comic book back home, one of which just happens to ha be signed and have a card authenticating the signature. It's the same book... And like Calvin was saying, like, with the video or the Mona Lisa, you can go look at those and, like, see them just fine. But one of them is authentic. I would I would agree with that example, RJ. But the one thing that I would say makes it slightly different is that technically a signature is somewhat limited. Now, it is reproducible. Mm. You could theoretically, whoever signed it could sit there and just forever sign copies. Um, but yeah. it is some. it is somewhat more of a non endlessly reproducible thing um, yeah. but otherwise i would 100 percent agree with that example um but i um in point um kind of in point of what you were talking about james though about saying like oh you need the nft to view this video and stuff people yeah. have talked about there have been people um talking about using nfts similar in that way where you do use it as a digital ticket and it and by buying that nft you could use it to get into something maybe if you are supporting a company and you buy an nft for one of their products and they're hosting some sort of online party or an actual party in person you have to use this nft to get in or they have an online store if you have your nft you get 20 percent off at the store so there are talks of using nfts in that way because they are unique and they are locked to the person that bought them you you can prove this is mine here's here's two things i was i was thinking of because i think you're raising some like really interesting points this is actually a really interesting conversation um one 
the because the thing with the nfts is because i don't think technically on youtube you can promote like gambling like you can't promote like necessarily betting i don't think um that was the big thing with like a year ago like logan and jake paul doing those mystery box type things where they're basically advertising like is essentially a gambling or casino type game to small children um on the advent that they you know on the hope that like oh you play this game you put in like however much money and you might get like fucking airpods or whatever um so what he could be doing is he could just be selling um those nfts to people knowing that they're going to make bets and knowing that people are using these tokens um to essentially like stimulate a digital micro economy and that some people might actually be betting on the outcome of some of those like videos whether or not they're the first to see them or not um like depending on that but larger point is I think this opens up a larger and more interesting conversation on cryptocurrency and its current role. Um, I don't know very much about it. I really don't know very much about it. But I think what we're seeing right now is like both the pros and the cons of it, where like the whole genius of cryptocurrency is that it's decentralized, is that it's like it it's not beholden to a regulatory committee that basically anyone can get their hands on it. And the value, as far as I'm aware, can go up and down. doesn't really matter. The reason like you know, our economies are and it's solid, but also shitty is because they're subject to real world pressures and conditions where stuff online is not. The problem with that is that means like people with influence, like celebrities or people who have large online audiences can stimulate their own like, but theoretically, I think, especially with what you're talking about, Cal, with the NFT tickets, stimulate their own like, like, cryptocurrency like fiefdoms run by like like do you think someone could create their own branded ft yeah like a logan paul specific token you can only use well like so it sounds like james it sounds like what you're saying is similar to the cryptocurrency explosion that happened where like bitcoin exploded and a couple more like strong ones followed and then everybody had their own custom cryptocurrencies like dogecoin Yeah, yeah Yeah, in that way, you could create your own using blockchain, yes. So then, would people be able to do basically a similar thing, but create their own, uh, because these tokens are uh, non-fungible and unique, and you can track who's got them and who is the current owner, could people create their own, basically, brands of NFTs in a similar way? You could. I don't know necessarily why you would. It'd be the same reasoning of saying, like, I'm going to create my own cryptocurrency, like, just because then your name's on it, I guess. And you whoever, could whoever controls that the spice, way. Whoever controls the spice controls the universe. That's like, <laughs> that's, I don't that's know, dude. True. That's true. Um, however, it if if these were limited in a way, but blockchain being what it is, anyone could create new ones. So you can't really monopolize it in that way. I I would beg to differ because I think you could make the argument that physical, like real world, world currency is the same thing. I could start making dollar bills with my face on them and that wouldn't mean anything. It's not about necessarily like the currency. It's about who's printing it. So if uh, someone... Yeah, if, we're, if we're talking in the cryptocurrency aspect, but if yeah. we're talking back to the NFTs... It's okay. literally, it's literally like a. Because NFTs uh, aren't actually money. Yeah, they're yeah, not. Yeah, and it, yeah. The NFT, you like, you trade money for the NFT. So the NFT itself, I don't know necessarily. There, I mean, you could just for the publicity 
and for like trying to get people i guess you could argue that you could try and upsell because it's like my own special branded nft but anyone could do that so i guess um yeah i guess i could see that happening i just it sounds like the answer is yes but actually no yeah (laughs) well because it would be like because no one would want to be like oh i fucking get it you just put your face on basically on fucking nft like who cares but yeah is that like much in the same way that like kids games have like special tokens like when you play neopets there's a special digital currency that you oh. have or any disney game like there are there could be scenarios that arise where where corporations where, where companies really yeah. encourage that you know what i mean like creating their own essentially treasuries in, in the digital space that is absent and free from regulation in the physical world yeah, I did see an interesting part in some of the articles I was reading about this has a big this actually has a big aspect in like online gaming because you could use NFTs then say you're playing like an MMO and there's an um, like big fantasy world thing and you get this like super awesome shield you could establish it like if these shields had NFTs you could phys- like and if James you and I are playing this game I could sell you this in-game shield and it would then actually transfer from me to you and now you have it so it's a way that you could actually sell things inside video games and outside of the developer so it's like a streamlined version of like the gold mining that would happen in the mid-2000s like Um, wow yeah yeah um, yeah. and it'd be a way to actually do it in a way that you could track it like you could um Make it more secure instead of just like, hey, you put a bunch of money in my PayPal and I'll transfer you this gold and you never know what's going to happen. This would be like you're actually buying this thing and they can't yank it back from you. And now it's yours and you have proof of it. And that digital item is tied to this NFT. It's so terrifying how like as every day passes, I think especially like the pandemic straight further from God. We, in some way or another, RJ, we really do. Friedrich Nietzsche was right. Um, but no, like it, like especially the pandemic accelerated this with the push to basically move like as much of real life as possible onto the internet. But like, it is insane how how as every day goes by, like the internet really its own like world, like its own like microcosmic like place like it's no longer just a ragtag collection of like forums and like cat videos and random like teen celebrity people world but not is literally like it's building its own financial systems it has its own political and religious conflicts that are like specific to itself like it's got its own porn it's insane (laughs) it's out of control we gotta (laughs) shut it down shut it down hey baby those are some (laughs) sexy ones and zeros you got there Oh god damn. Oh, can't wait for the fucking future. We won't you even come need bot. my chat bot. Hell yeah, baby. Oh, B-B-Y. James, did you see the, the the article I also posted in our group chat about the life-size hologram that like assistant that they're making in Oh Japan god. To Oh. Did you see did you see oh, the or did you see it also they they currently make a small bedside table one. Have you seen that video for that Yes, it's one of the saddest things I've ever seen, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean like this is actually tragic, like Shakespearean level. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. But James, Cortana. 
I know, RJ, but, but I'm not going to fucking the frame put her of the on my video, fucking nightstand, RJ. <laughs> in the frame of the video, it's genuinely sad because the guy's just like, it's nice to know there's someone at home for me. Because the, the, the digital the digital hologram turns on the lights and is, and is like texting him throughout the day. Hey, can't wait for you to be home. It's it's literally James. It's literally Joy from Blade Runner. I know, I know, I I know. And that joke, Calvin, that we made like two years ago, is going to become someone's reality <laughs> over the next fifteen years. Somebody <laughs> will be locked out of their house, and their AI girlfriend will not be able to let them in. <laughs> That's not true, James. That's not true. We, if totally you have an AI girlfriend, the door's locks are definitely electronic. They can let you fucker, you have fucking <laughs> you don't have no. a fucking electronic lock. Hang on, let's back up two steps. If you have an AI girlfriend, you want those locks to be analog so she can't lock you out on purpose. Well, that's also maybe... RJ Race is a valid point. This is also not a... Yeah, that's I've not watched a enough point. of Krieger on Archer to know <laughs> what happens when you piss off your, anime, your digital I anime girlfriend. Her. I know what happens when you let Japanese AI run amok. <laughs> Nothing good. Nothing good. <laughs> I know. I've learned from my Western cartoons. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, that's a, it is a good point. Um, it is bizarre. Like I, I honestly, and it's kind of funny too. Like I, I've thought about this before. I've actually kind of written like stories about this a little bit um, where it's like, one of the biggest fears from sci-fi over the past 50 years is like, we're going to make an AI and we're going to have to like lie to it in a way that it's like, you know, kind of human, but then it's going to figure out that it's not human. It's going to get really angry that it's not human. And it's like, why wouldn't you just like raise it like a kid, make it like self-actualizing? Like what, like what, what is the purpose of hiding? It's like nature from itself. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, yeah, you're an AI. Like we, we made you that doesn't deprive you of anything, but like, like literally the best way to handle this is yeah. kind of to raise it. Not necessarily like a child child, because you know, yeah. it's not going to speak like a child, but be like, Hey, there are going to be things you're going to have to learn. So you're going to spend this duration of time learning. Yeah, you you can't you. I mean, obviously, you can't raise it like a human being because that would just be dishonest. It's not going to be a human yeah. being, but that's there's nothing wrong with that. Human no, being can be. be <laughs> well, in some ways, yes; in other ways, no. Uh, <laughs> but you have to like teach it, like, hey, you're yeah. not human, but you're working with humans. Here are things you need to know about what is considered right and wrong. Yeah, the, and there's like there's ideas of like yeah that that it would really be a, an opportunity to really test what we believe to be like not just human but like universal values of like empathy a, a sanctity of life like things like that like and we miss all those opportunities if we're like no we need to pretend like it's a fucking person quick put a skin suit on it like that doesn't why would that ever work like only people who are coked up at the late seventies would think that would be like a feasible future but. No, I world. Um, yeah, like I don't uh I, I don't necessarily like fear AI. I really more just fear like our reaction to it. I should also say, like, if we're gonna like if we're taking it from the standpoint of it's basically like humanity's kind of like kid, like we are in no position currently to to have a child. Like that is the last thing you want to do in a fucking failed marriage or a a fucked up relationship is like, yeah. I know what's going to save us. Let's have an omnipotent God as a child. Like, that's a terrible idea. Uh, like, well, it's like got... the Turing test, right? I don't fear the uh, being that, the that fails the fails Turing it. test. I fear the one yeah. that passes on purpose. 
Or no, it's, I don't feel yeah. the AI that passes the Turing test. I fear the one that passes and doesn't tell us. Mm -hmm. Also, I just want to, sorry to interject. I was still looking oh, to get no. some of this NFT stuff. And uh, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, is selling his very first tweet, the very first tweet on Twitter mm -hmm. for an NFT. You want to know what the current bid is for it? What? Uh, $3 million. Close. 2.5. Jack Dorsey. I fucking I hate, that hate humanity. 2.5 million dollars <laughs> for the NFT for his tweet that I'm looking at. What is the tweet? Just setting up my Twitter. Twitter spelled without an I and an E. Fuck that. Fuck that guy. I he, he I I hate him. I hate his fucking goat beard. I hate his platform. Show's over. I, I, <laughs> it just like I, I, I think it is time for all sane human beings to admit that social media was not a mistake, but it is a hell from which we cannot. <laughs> it's time to be good Catholics and choose salvation. We need to leave. Everybody, get on the chopper at the, the top layer. of the earth and leave. This is our Saigon. Nobody. <laughs> I was just supposed no, to say there's a Saigon joke in there. <laughs> nobody fucking. Like I, I, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I I can't. Again, I'm not going to condemn all of social media. Like I, I'm only saying this. I I've I've been taking you know because I'm an enlightened uh, 24 year old. I've been taking yeah. a social. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, that's what I, that is what I need. I, like I've been taking a social media break. So not an internet break, but I I have not been going on like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Twitter, Reddit, 4chan. Are you going to the comment stuff. sections of news websites to get your fix? <laughs> I have started hanging around those, and they're very depressing. Uh, <laughs> so I quit, actually. But, but James, you accepted my uh, LinkedIn follow request yesterday. I did. I don't you count LinkedIn. Did you send him a LinkedIn request and not me? I didn't know you were on LinkedIn. I'll send you one. You. I'm just trying to get don't my count. dopamine fix out here from getting added. <laughs> I don't count LinkedIn as a as a social media uh, platform. Is. Although my current deprived state, I'm going to have to agree with you, RJ. Um, but no, like I, I, I don't know. I've been going through just like a, I don't know. I think it's I think it's time to leave. I think it's time to admit that the conversations we want to have and the conversations we quote unquote sh probably should be having cannot be facilitated on the likes of like Reddit or Twitter or whatever. Uh, well, at the very least, good old forums. We should, honestly. I, or how about this? How about we talk to each other in real life? Wouldn't no, that's that be scary. Awesome? No, that's Wouldn't sucks. that be? Yeah, it does suck. That's the whole point. Real you people gotta, can hurt you. Gotta... Digital people, you can call, tell them to fuck off and then delete their profiles yeah. and dox them. Yeah, but there's only, there's only one Mona Lisa and it was made by a real person and it's a real painting. No, it wasn't. It's digital. It's right, according NFT. to... Okay, it's, yeah. a, it's the first <laughs> NFT. <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci was actually the first uh, influencer. He was actually the first Silicon Valley tech magnate. I mean, he the... was. The dude was a the renaissance man. His whole thing was, I do everything. <laughs> he kind of was. I'm actually honestly surprised, and I, I wouldn't, like, I'm sure I've missed it in some capacity, but I would honestly be surprised if, like, some... It's like fuckwad in, in Silicon Valley hasn't named their thing like Da Vinci or like some like twist on Leonardo Da Vinci or oh, whatever. Oh, they have. That's I'm the hard that. It's out what, there. What I'm surprised is one of the major ones hasn't done that, which either speaks to a an appreciation of like historical uh, 
integrity or a complete um Lack of, of yeah yeah exactly i mean davinci resolve is the is a video editing software yeah there you go that's also true yeah 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 i mean who knows who knows all i'm gonna say is everybody if we're in we're in the shit now we're in fucking vietnam boys so get on that fucking chopper and leave <laughs> it's your only we're option in the, we're in the internet vietnam is what you're saying yeah yeah, that is RJ. Almost exactly what I'm saying. Um, yeah, get get the fuck out. No one's in charge. There's no border. There's no front. Bye Saigon. Bye Saigon. It's time to go. Um, <laughs> bye everybody. Uh, let's move on to our last segment of the show this week and get a few oh, questions oh, in. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, uh, we have to lightning round it. We'll, we'll get done what we get done. Uh, <laughs> our last segment: How to be a better buddy where we give some humorous and some real advice that you can take off the internet to go use in the real world. This, is, uh, this, uh, this advice isn't free, by the way. You have to buy an NFT for it. Oh, yeah. Yes, Each question's a new NFT. Uh, you can pay Palace directly, own. and I will definitely not be sharing the profits. My own branded NFT, uh, Cuck Coins. That's K-U-C-K Coins. C-O-I-N-Z. However, coins. you can buy Everybody their buys. responses as NFTs. Yes, you can. <laughs> God, I hate myself. Um, our go. first question. What's something guys go through that most girls would never understand? Most not clarity. Well, I guess my uh, I mean, answer is going to change. Girls would have their equivalent. I don't know. if I don't think women do. I think the only equivalent women have is birth. <laughs> post-birth post clarity? Post-birth clarity. Yeah, post-birth clarity. <laughs> Maybe that's a real thing. I don't know. Change Maybe. the cult postpartum depression. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Whatever. They've got a fancier fucking name for it. Fucking sue me. <laughs> it, you don't you you cannot tell me that as they're squeezing a bowling ball through a fucking like the the eye of a needle that they're not like I regret every decision that led me up to this physical act right now. I would literally murder anybody, anybody in my life <laughs> to get out of this. Uh, I'm going I'm to go with most girls would never understand the feeling of sitting down the wrong way and crushing your balls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually pretty fucking or true. Just Especially like walking breaks. and then they like stick to your leg and you have to do that like sidestep. I was to, like, just yeah, thinking about the sidestep. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, there is, a, there is an analog. Every guy knows what we're talking about. There is an analog where girls have to like adjust. Although I would also argue it's not exactly the same thing because it's not as like quote unquote sensitive of an area. Um, I mean, not... you know what I'm talking about when I just say the sidestep. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Sidestep. Yeah. 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 Well, because you're trying, you're trying to be inconspicuous, but you end up doing the most conspicuous <laughs> walk possible, and you're like, nobody pay attention to me, and everyone's like, I know exactly what well, you're every doing. Every guy like, is just like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, th th it's paradoxical where it's like everyone knows exactly what you're doing, so no one's gonna pay attention. <laughs> like, it's yep, too just... normal to be noticeable. Let's fix it. Normal, disgusting. Or these are just words. <laughs> okay. Uh, our next question are black wash jeans for guys with the further details. I'm a guy and want to buy a pair of black jeans, but a buddy of mine told me black jeans are for girls and that guys wear blue jeans. What? What was, Women, was he can he wear jeans, jeans, jeans that are black? Women don't wear blue jeans. <laughs> no, 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 no. Women can wear blue jeans. It's just that guys can't wear black jeans. 
I don't know, dude. Uh, a lot of those guys in uh, West Side Story uh, wore black jeans, and they seem pretty straight to me. So nothing to be afraid of there. No, I would. I would say that it's dumb. Anyway, I think. Are you? Uh, I have to ask. Are you referring to the two groups of men who, to start a gang battle, walked forward slowly, snapping their fingers menacingly? Jay, that's literally like the straightest thing I've ever heard. So I don't know what your implication is there, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I would say, like, honestly, um, I think really what we attribute to kind of gender distinction um, and there is such a thing, but it's usually it's not even like, oh, that's for girls or that's for guys. It's literally just who looks good in them. If you look good in black jeans. You're going to know people will tell you like, and you'll they be able not to tell. tell you. But if you don't look good, they will tell you. Oh, they that's will. That's, that's a better way to phrase it. Yes. People people will absolutely tell you. So. I don't know. Try it out. I've never really been a fan of black jeans because I got uh, meaty fucking hams for thighs, and those would not. <laughs> You're one to talk. <laughs> I know. I'm I know. Built like a, you... I'm built like a fat Dave Bautista. That should give you motivation to become the real Dave Bautista. You could become <laughs> real Dave Bautista. <laughs> I'm just saying I can't pull off black jeans. No, I mean, very few men can because very few men have like, we don't all look like Timothy Chalamet. I'm sorry, ladies, ditch your ditch your body standards, <laughs> except me for me. Uh, no, but like, like there are some guys who are going to look good in them and there are some guys who aren't. Uh, there are some guys who look way better in blue jeans than uh, women do and vice versa. It's uh, it's really all about kind of that individual, I would argue. I think the real uh, thing question to ask yourself individual is. Am I wearing black jeans because I just want to wear a pair of black jeans? Or am I trying... Is it? Is it a... Um, uh, I know the term I want. Is it yeah, a, yeah. a statement? Is, is it a accoutrement? Oh, yeah. Is it a little thing That's to make yourself word. unique? <laughs> Very few French words are actually words, Calvin. But yes, I understand <laughs> what you're saying. No, and it, it, is it like... Like a is pocket it watch. Are you carrying a pocket watch because you're someone who carries a pocket watch? Or are you carrying a pocket watch because you want to be someone who carries a pocket watch? For the aesthetic? For the aesthetic, maybe? Hey, I... Okay, listen. Uh, I was actually going back through some of the backlogs. I was listening to uh, the podcast that we recorded a couple years ago. And I will admit, I don't Calvin... Want you were, you were. I will admit that you were particularly right. I was uh, hung up on. Aesthetic. All right, all right, all right. I hate this because I did. We just switch sides on that argument. Because oh, no, right. you listening to it, I hate my argument and agreed more of you. Really? And now I, you're saying you wait, don't wait, necessarily wait, 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 agree with your argument. Two steps. Yeah, hold on. First. What are the two sets? So aesthetic or not aesthetic? What are the two arguments here? Very brief. Okay, I don't so even remember anymore. I, well, okay, from what I, I re-listened to it, so I will try and give a brief synopsis. My argument was that basically, like, I was using the term aesthetic in the sense of like, um, uh, just the way that you essentially prefer to arrange your life. It's like the way that you look at things, okay. right? Like the aesthetic of a movie, the aesthetic of yes. your room, like the way things it's, look. You're drawn to things that kind of mirror the the way that you kind of organize your life, and that's your aesthetic. Um, and that can be honed and refined through like art and kind of life experience and shit like that. And Calvin's argument, which upon re-listening to it, I actually found myself agreeing a little bit more with, was basically like you can overvalue those aesthetics and not look at like a more genuine qualities underneath. Now, 
I think being aesthetic has like a certain weight, kind of like what you're talking about, RJ, where it's like you want to be someone who truly embodies like that quote unquote aesthetic. You don't want to be doing it because you're like, oh, that looks cool. You want to be doing it because you're like, I enjoy this and I, I find genuine. That's who like, you are as a person. It, you want it to be authentic. And that's what makes a good quote unquote aesthetic is an authentic expression of a of a person, uh, I think. Um I think where I was, where I went wrong in the debate with Calvin, uh, oh, so many years ago, was I was blind because of my love of aesthetic or my uh, proposition of it to the idea that, like, very idea of aesthetic can blind you to certain, like, genuinely material realities that exist. And that if you're just focused on, like, compart compartmentalizing the world into, like, various aesthetics, you're going to miss some nuance, essentially. Um, that's not exactly what Calvin said. I'm embellishing, but at the same not time, that's exactly what I said. That is, that's exactly what he said in, in, in word for word. Go word back and word. podcast. But okay. that's what I got from Cal's argument. So yeah. So there you uh, go. That's, sure. That's uh, what's that uh, listener. That's, that's, figure out where you fall. Yeah, just uh, you know, it, 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 it being wanting to be aesthetic is not bad, but you can't just like can't just want to be somebody just because you want to be them. Like you got to use it's it's all about guideposts. You got to, you got to be authentic. You got to be genuine. I'm talking about RJ. Yeah. Be you. Oh, hell yeah. Be you. Fuck. Yeah. Our next question. Will people judge me for this? Yes. There it is. <laughs> Further details found out today. I need to wear glasses. My friends are used to seeing without glasses. Honestly though, in social situations, will people judge for wearing glasses? Now, James, why did you ask this question on Yahoo Answers? This is such a fucking James question. This is such an attention <laughs> Like, I don't know if I'm good in these things, guys. Can you tell me how good I'll look in them? Fuck you, James. Whatever. Uh, uh, yes, no. this question uh, was asked by user James, but I'm assuming it's not you. You don't know that. No. Un unfortunately, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that. That is currently uh, classified uh, information under my COINTEL Pro uh, 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 classification. But point being, um, I don't know. I, I really don't think like we live in 1952 anymore. I don't think people are going to necessarily bully you for wearing glasses. And like, Only nerds wear glasses. I cool people are short-sighted. I don't know, dude. I think glasses made a pretty fucking big comeback. I think I think well, so many people wear glasses that don't even need them, that don't even have lenses in them. Oh yeah, no, it's a well because glasses have become an accessory, a sign of. Well, yeah, they they have yeah. they've become rather than a sign of impairment of a physical abnormality, they have become a sign of intelligence, hmm. become a sign of like supremacy. Yeah, so we're coming for you. It, granted, it depends on the style. I mean, does that's depend why on when I had got new glasses at the end of summer, I, I realized that I didn't want to have wire frames anymore. I went for those like thicker plastic oh, edged these. frames because I, I just like looking in the mirror, I was like, I don't like the way it looks on my face. Oh, I know if I'm ever going to get glasses, which like given my family's like history of eyesight, I probably will within the next 10 years. I am totally going to go for the most pretentious route because I love these glasses. I'm going to get circle specs. I'm I totally going to get big. Those are I, so hard to pull off. I love circle specs. I will fucking I will I will wear them and I will at least wear them. I will make this statement now and you can hold me to it in the future if we make it that far. 
Oh, I will wear circle specs for at least a year. If I ever need glasses, I will do that. Yeah. I will try and see if I can make uh, make them work. Good. But I also agree that they are super difficult to pull off. You need a very they have specific... to be the right. They have to be the right size for your head too. Because yes. if they're too small, then you just look weird. And if they're too yeah. big, then you they you also look weird. They have to be just like perfect sized for your head. Yeah, I mean, I also think too, like the thing is, especially with circle specs or other glasses with wire lenses, like there is something to the effect. And I think this is why a lot of like, honestly, a lot of women, I think, wear them nowadays is because um, it's been shown like uh, wider eyes attract are more like attractive in a sense, like eyes that are standpoint. From a biological standpoint, like wider eyes it, uh, kind of um, promote a kind of sense of like innocence or openness. They invoke. So you can see the predators out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, all, that also it invokes literally like not to get too Freudian or whatever. It, it invokes uh, the essence of like the newborn, like the baby who is wide eyed. Innocence and naivete and to encourage a potential partner to be protective of you. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's why they become so popular. Um, but I, 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 I mean, maybe I could rock those. I don't know. I think I'm pretty innocent and naive. You're not. <laughs> Considering some of the stuff you've said on this show, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. the amount I talk about Xi Jinping is probably a giveaway. <laughs> 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 um, hey, hey, hey. That just got us banned in China. That did. Yeah. Now we're, we're, We've we never been listened to in China anyways. I watched the numbers. That's, that's also fair. Fuck the Chinese. We're I mean, prob- we've probably been banned in China from day one. Well, we're an American podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, speaking of numbers, it's that time to wrap up. It's that time of the night. It's that time of the night, Um, folks. Don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Night, fellas. Oh, bye. Uh, Thanks for joining this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use their song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. Rumor has it they might be making more music, so we'll find them on Facebook and go check it out. They're also on Spotify and iTunes. We're on iTunes and Spotify, or iSpotitunes, if you want to combine the two. Oh, yeah. Do the like sharing and following and subscribing. Find us on social media, Facebook, Better Buddies, with our Meme Mondays. Send us your memes, and we'll get them in the rotation. Twitter. At Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. Uh, say hi. hi. And then our Gmail. Oh. BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. So just fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love, war, or uh, what <laughs> what un- and, uh, representative you want to see play Kim Jong-un in their uh, talent show. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, or if you have a question you want us to answer, uh, send that in and we will give you the best answer possible, considering who we are. If we get a single episode to 100 downloads, we'll review some tapes and flavors of uh, gum. So go do that. Please listen a lot. Get other people to listen. Share the show. Word of mouth. All the good uh, advertising stuff. Go tell other people. Tell your friends. And last but not least, be a better buddy.
Can we do a whiskey yeah. review episode? Sure. Oh, please. Oh, please. <clears throat> we'll do huh. this, we'll, uh, we'll do that uh, at 150. There we go. That was uh that was a pretty meaty episode. I'm, a I'm thick sode. Yeah, thick sode. We should uh, we should do like hour and a half, two hour long specials that are just thick sodes. Like yeah. once every <laughs> Do the two hour yeah. after school special. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, the fuck. one where says the man who doesn't have to wake up in the morning for anything. I know. I have to wake up I mean, in the morning for myself, Calvin, and that is the hardest thing to wake up Like for. I said, nothing. No, <laughs> shut up. Ooh, sick burn. Ouch. Right in my fucking soul. <laughs>